And while the children are going, let me invite you once again this morning to find your Bibles and turn with me this morning to the book of Psalms and find Psalm 100. Now, you might want to also have your bulletin. Uh, Inside your bulletin on the right-hand side, there are a few uh, verses printed there, and so I think that will help you to have that and your Bibles open at the same time. So Psalm 100 and your bulletins. And let's pray together as we anticipate God's word for us. Father, we pray right now that you would help us to have our hearts and our minds focused on you and not on ourselves. I pray that for myself. And I pray that for every person in this room. God, direct our hearts and our minds to you through your word. Pray that we might be attentive. We might recognize that there are big things at stake when you speak. And so, Lord, help us, we pray. We're listening. We're eager to hear from you once again. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, a brief, semi-fictional story to start the morning. As the year 2020 was approaching, First Community Church of Anywhere USA was facing something of a crisis. There was a noticeably growing unrest over the issue of worship style on Sunday morning. Some wanted Sunday morning worship to be decidedly traditional. And some wanted Sunday morning to be decidedly contemporary. A worship war was brewing within the first community church. The leadership team felt caught and not knowing how better to resolve the tension, they came up with what seemed like a brilliant idea. Let's have two different services. One can be more contemporary and one can be more traditional and people can go to the one they prefer. So the first Sunday of 2020, First Community began began holding two different services, but it wasn't long. In fact, it was a surprisingly short time before some folks from the contemporary service came to the leaders and said, you know, we we actually like the contemporary style with a more mellow feel. And some from the traditional service came saying, we would actually like the traditional service to have a bit more of a classical bent. Well, it didn't take the leadership team long at all to see the solution. So the following Sunday, four different services were held at first community church. But alas, just weeks later, some from the mellow contemporary service and some from the classical traditional service came with some requests. So quickly, eight services were set up, each with their own name. You had the contemporary esoteric and the holy pop and a touch of Broadway and popular triumphalism, 
and strictly Bach. But even before those services could be implemented, a particularly forward-thinking member of the board said, there is no end to this. So I have an idea. Let's just have a service uniquely designed for each person in the church. We'll have each person fill out a menu, and then each can come and have their own personally designed service. And that's what they did. So on the first Sunday of February 2020, at the 6.30 early service, in walked Robert Cunningham, who sat down and sang his beloved hymns. At 7.30, his wife Belinda had her own personal worship service adjusted to her more refined tastes. At 8.30, it was John Dempster's turn, and out came the worship band leading John in his favorite energetic praise songs. At 9.30, it was Sarah McCade, and all the day it went on at the first community church of anywhere USA. Story over. Last week, we started a brief series asking the question, why we gather together. I mentioned last week that once in a while we need to pause as a church take stock of what we're doing. So I want to take advantage of this little window of Sundays in November before we enter together into the Christmas season to do that, to think together about what we're doing. And I said, remember this, I said last week that there's more to what we're doing as a church than gathering on Sunday morning, much more. We're the church. This local gathering of God's people, Christ's followers, no matter where we go. And Christ calls us to be about his mission all the time. But there is this very important, central thing when we gather on Sunday mornings. I likened it last week to the human heart, this pumping blood out into all of the other things that we do as a church. That's why God's word is so clear. Do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. I mean, the New Testament speaks of this so often. When you gather together on the Lord's Day, you read that phrase or something like that so many times in the Bible. So we want to talk about this and ask the question, why? Why do we gather? And last week we supplied the first answer. The greatest reason we gather together is to hear from God together. You know, I don't do this very often, but... Can I encourage you, if you were not here last week, to make sure to listen to that message. Uh, There is an important thing in it that we all need to hear. But now, this week, we come to a second reason. Not only do we gather to hear from God, we also gather to speak to God together. Do you remember Romans chapter 15, verse 6, from just a few weeks ago? It's printed there in your bulletin. I made a big deal of this verse when we were going through Romans, at least I tried to make a big deal of it, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please notice that word together. Highlight that in your mind, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Certainly we can be glorifying God when we're alone, 
But there is a rightness and a goodness to us coming together, being together, joining our voices together to give glory to God. And look at that second verse in your bulletins from Psalm 34. I mean, this is David, not just the great king of the nation of Israel, but the great writer, the great poet, the great psalmist of Israel. And he says, O magnify the Lord with me, Let us exalt his name together. There's that word again, together. Certainly we can magnify the Lord privately. We can exalt his name privately. I I think we should. I, I hope you have some practice and some freedom of speaking praise to God when you're alone. But here is David acting as the worship leader, calling us, like Pastor Moore calls us every Sunday, let's now magnify the Lord together this morning. Let's exalt his name together. Let us speak to God together. It's one of the reasons, one of the great reasons why we gather. But now, let's ask the question, what does that look like? How do we, how do we actually do that? And that's where Psalm 100 is such a help to us. There are so many places that we could go in the Bible, and part of me doesn't want to limit our attention this morning to one psalm. There's, there's so much good instruction throughout the Bible about how we speak to God as his gathered people. But Psalm 100 is a really great place. And it will get us started really well. It will get us anchored really well. So you follow along as I read this brief psalm. This is God's word. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless His name, for the Lord is good, and His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. Now, I want to suggest this morning that what we see here in Psalm 100 is two things. First, a very clear call to us as God's people to gather together in order to speak to God together, and then secondly, a compelling reason why we should do that. So a clear call, a compelling reason first, a clear call, and we see that in verses 1 and 2 and verse 4. Look at those verses again. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. I mean, the picture here is of God's people coming into the temple area there in Jerusalem for corporate worship, just like we do on Sunday mornings. And the whole point of this call is for the people to come together and bring something with them. Bring words with you. Did you notice this? Bring something with you so that you can give it to God. Be ready when you come to church on Sunday morning to speak, have something to give him. And notice there are two specific kinds of words that we are to bring with us. Verse 4, 
enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We're to bring with us words of praise to speak to God. Words of praise stored up that we've gathered through our reflection, through our thinking, through our interacting with God throughout the week. Words of praise stored up and then now released in our singing and in our praying we speak of God's greatness and about the things that he has done that are great like rescuing us and forgiving us and giving us life and a thousand other things. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And we're to bring words of thanksgiving. So we've got to ask the question, how much does gratitude, think about this, ask yourself, how much does gratitude characterize our hearts and our words when we gather together on Sunday morning? Does gratitude rise from your heart and come out of your mouth to God? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. So I should be thankful, like specifically thankful for all that God has done for me in Christ. Words of praise, words of thanksgiving spoken to God, and we do that together. But how? How exactly does that happen? Well, one of the main ways that that happens is in our singing together. Look again at verses 1 and 2. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. And I love those words in verse 1 and in verse 2. Joyful and gladness. I mean, certainly there is room for other emotions in our speaking to God. There is most certainly room for sadness in your speaking to God, in our speaking to God. There is room for lament. There is room for solemnity at times. But isn't it true, given what we have received from God, that the dominant note in our worship and in our singing should be one of joy and gladness? Make a joyful noise to the Lord. You know, one of the things that God calls us to develop as Christians is the ability and the desire to sing loudly in the presence of others. We're the choir. I mean, if you've been around for a while, you've heard me say that before. You're the choir. I know there's an announcement in the bulletin this morning calling for people interested in being part of the Christmas choir. I love it when we do that for special occasions, but Sunday by Sunday, we're the choir. And the most important music that gets made here on Sunday morning is with our voices. We're called to sing. That's a major way that we speak to God, and that's why here at Crossway we choose songs that are not super complex and challenging to sing. We, we, we sing songs that are singable, and memorable. We want to sing songs that can be easily sung by children in the car on the way home, and even by dads in the car on the way home. I found it so interesting how often I was humming or singing all throughout this past week, Christ is mine forevermore. Come rejoice now, 
O my soul, for his love is my reward. Fear is gone and hope is sure. Christ is mine forevermore. It was going through my head all week. Why? Well, because we sang it last week. And it was memorable and it was singable. I'm guessing this week I'm going to be singing, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, greatest treasure of my longing soul. Why? Because we just sang it. So we choose songs that are singable because we're called to sing. And that's why we look for a balance between new songs and old songs. That's why we occasionally sing a cappella. And not just on melody-only songs, but when there are parts, so that we can join our varied voices together. And not just because it sounds nice, but in order to speak to God with one voice. So, Pastor Moore, once again, thank you for making sure that when we sing, God is always our audience. Thank you for faithfully and diligently thinking about and choosing songs that magnify Christ and exalt his name. Thank you for protecting us from mere formalism on one hand and from emotionalism on the other hand. Thank you for directing us to speak to God on Sunday morning. We're grateful for you. Now, he's got his part. We have our part. Now, I was thinking about this this past week. I think this might help. I was thinking there's, there's kind of three ways that we can enter into our singing on Sunday morning. You can, you can enter into the singing by doing kind of a sing-along. You know, you sing because that's what we're doing and everybody else is singing and it's especially easy when we sing songs you like, so you, you know, you sing along. Or, you cannot just sing along, you can sing, secondly, in agreement. Yes, I believe that, I agree with that truth. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, so I agree with that, so I'm going to sing. Or a third way, I think the best way, to enter into our singing, you can sing to God with all your heart. This is a scary thing when I think about it. It's possible that we could sing music with theologically correct words and you can be part of, of a church that regularly teaches sound doctrine about God and never actually worship God. God's Word calls us to Actively, consciously sing to God, to offer up our words and our voices to God. So we can do this, this speaking to God by our singing, but we also do this in our praying, right? We pray together. Whoever is up here is praying for all of us. And while that person is speaking, we offer our Words of thanksgiving and praise with our hearts and with our lips, echoing, agreeing, saying yes and amen. Look at verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. So there it is. It's a clear call to come together and bring words. Words of praise. Words of thanksgiving in our singing, in our praying, so that together we may with one voice glorify God. 
Now, second, a compelling reason to do that. Why should we do this? Why should we gather together to speak to God together? Well, Psalm 100 supplies a powerful answer. Look at verses 3 and 5. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Verse 5, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. I think it's helpful to see two different categories here in verse 3 and in verse 5. In verse 3, David supplies what we might call fundamental reasons. It is he who made us and we belong to him. We are his. Why should we speak to God together with thanksgiving and with praise? Because he's our maker. But notice what David emphasizes in this verse, verse 3. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. See, not only is God our maker, reason enough for praise and thanksgiving, but he is our redeemer. He made us his own. He bought us and brought us back into the safety and life of relationship with him. God has, through Jesus Christ, formed a people for himself. Christ died, yes, to purchase forgiveness for our sin, but also to redeem to himself a people, to form a body, a family, which at this point takes the form of local gatherings of believers like Crossway Community Church. Listen, one of the main reasons we come together and speak to God together is because of what he's done. He's rescued us. And he's brought us to himself. He's made us his own. And one of the reasons we worship together is to put that amazing reality on display. Look what he's done. So there are these fundamental reasons. But then in verse 5, we see what we might call relational reasons. Look at verse 5 again. After what he said in verse 4, telling us to come, he says, verse 5, For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. This is why we should come together to speak words to God because because of what God is like in his relating to us. David names two things that we actually experience in our relationship with God. First, God's goodness. For the Lord is good. What is this? This goodness. Well, it is his active love toward his people. It's not just some character quality that God possesses, though he possesses this. God is good, but his goodness also flows out. It is his active being good and doing good precisely because we are his people. He cares for us. He provides for us. He does good to us in his forgiveness day by day. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving. Psalm 86. In his provision for us, no good thing does he withhold. Psalm 84. In his generosity, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to his children? Matthew chapter 7. In his protection, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. Nahum chapter 7. In his grace, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not along with him also graciously give us all things? Romans chapter 8. I mean, even in our trials, tell me if this isn't true, Christian, even in our trials, 
There are ways that we experience God's goodness such that even when we don't want to believe it, we can't help but admit that God sees us and cares for us. And that is a reason to speak to him with praise and thanksgiving. But then notice, secondly, in verse 5, his, his faithful love. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Those two lines are speaking about the same thing. We can see it in the parallelism of those lines. His steadfast love endures forever, his faithfulness to all generations. They're speaking about God's unbreakable covenant love for his people, God keeping us, God holding us, because we are his through our whole lives, through every situation you face, all the way right into eternity. God will hold you fast. So that if you belong to God through Christ, if that's you, if you've been reconciled to God through your trusting in Christ, then this steadfast love of the Lord is operating. It's being exercised very personally toward you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So just take a moment and consider your situation today. Think about your circumstances right now. Maybe the challenges you face Maybe they're financial, maybe it's physical stuff, maybe it's relational things or vocational things. Listen, there's underneath that something more real, more permanent. It will outlast any challenge you face, and it will not be diminished in the least by whatever you might face. You know what it is. It's the steadfast, faithful love of God for you which guarantees your good in the end. I tell you, that is a reason to speak to God with praise and thanksgiving, and we get to do it together. This past week, um, I had the experience of being deeply moved in my soul by watching a particularly powerful theatrical performance with my wife and my daughter. You know, sometimes, I'm sure you can relate to this, sometimes when you hear a powerful piece of music or when you see a really moving theatrical performance, you feel it deeply. It moves you. And then I read my Bible. And I think, God, why am I not as moved by these realities? I don't always feel this so deeply as what I experienced on Wednesday evening. Verse 3, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. Verse 4, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Why am I not as moved Our hearts can be very tuned to the things of humanity. Just listen carefully to me here. The greatness of human character put on display, it moves us. We respond. Or the poignancy of human suffering, we feel it. Uh, to the sometimes just incredible creativity of the human mind, we, we marvel at it. We feel these things, and I believe that's a good thing. It's part of the reason God's given us hearts. But sadly, our hearts are not yet well-tuned to the things of God. 
We don't feel this. Actually, I shouldn't say that. We don't feel this as we should. It's not as stirring to us. The full force of this has not fully registered for us. But we will see it one day. And we will feel it. And our hearts will rejoice fully and they will keep on rejoicing. Jesus in all of his glory and goodness will appear and we will see him face to face and oh, how we'll feel it. With all of our souls and our hearts will be overflowing with gratitude and with praise. But for now, we walk by faith. We live by faith. We gather and we worship and speak to God by faith. We do believe things about God. And we've been given life, this life. And then we've been given life again, spiritual life, if we've come to God through Christ. So we have reason, even though we don't yet see God in all of his glory, even though we don't yet see Christ in all of his glory, someday we will, and our hearts will be so full of things to say, to speak, But for now, we gather Sunday by Sunday and we lift our little voices in praise and thanksgiving. And we join them together, which is somewhat bigger. And God is glorified. And he's pleased. And and our connection with him is strengthened and it's honored And it's good. It is good for us to gather and speak to God together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word and for this psalm, this beautiful psalm. Lord, I pray that we would treasure it as not just some fine ancient piece of writing but for what it is a clear call with a compelling reason from you to us that we should gather together and speak to you together God help us we want to live according to your word we want to live according to what we know to be true and so God I pray that you would continue by your spirit to stir up in us affection for the right things. God, tune our hearts to the things that have to do with you. Thank you for giving us hearts. Thank you for giving us voices. Thank you for giving us the church. And we pray that our regular experience would be that we gather together, we come together to not just hear from you, but to speak to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.